Welcome into the Morning Burrito Podcast. I am Michael. I'm Eric. And we are here. It is Wednesday at noon. And it is Christmas time, Christmas my time. And I am like really full right now. You are really full because uh, we got these beautiful burritos. It, it's like you went, you you bought the biggest burrito in town you could find, and it's, it's they call really it a mega burrito. Is that what it is? Mega a mega burrito. It, it's really it's really tasty. Actually, it's really good. Um, but I mean, it has the jalapenos on it, and they're real jalapenos. And it's like it burns like right here in the throat, and it's like that sounds awful, dude. It, I don't know how you. I mean, it actually that. made me stop. And I'm like, oh. I did walk in here when during, when he was eating it, oh. and he's like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to eat this on the show. This is this is this is this is a real jalapeno. It's like burning. I love it." it. And I was it's, like, "It's awesome. That, that, that burn is just it's just so good. So uh, that yeah. sounds awful. Yeah, you're missing it. Jalapenos and coffee. You're missing you're missing the Christmas spirit. Enjoy. Well, we have we have our Christmas set. So for we the do. next for yep. few weeks of the show, we're gonna yep. be here uh, doing it in front of our uh, set on stage at the at the church here and. Um, it's just a really cool setup. It's, uh, it, as with most of our sets that we do on a sun for our Sunday morning stage, um, they go through a lot of permutations. We change things constantly and we finally settled on something. So. Well, see, before I ever come to you though, I've already gone through like 30 plans myself. And so have I. So then, then we've gone through 60 and then we get our heads together and it just, none of <laughs> Everything we've thought individually, we don't even do. So no, no, it almost never happens that way. Actually, see, people think we're smart. They think, man, you guys put so much into this. Like seriously, if they only saw the, if you only saw the chaos that happens. Well, we do put a lot into it. Well, we do thought it just um, execution. A lot is, of the thought is a waste of time because it. Well, you know, I mean, I guess it gets us to our final destination. You have to hash things out, even. We do. Yeah, even at Christmas you gotta have. But we have things. this nice fireplace. It's actually cranking some heat. So, do you feel it? it it's not cranking heat. I turned the heat off. Oh, you did? Oh, it must be that jalapeno then. <laughs> <laughs> the jalapeno is really Ooh, doing I'm still a like business. sweating up here. I was like, whoa. Uh, okay. You can see in the background here that there's a tree, a Christmas tree. Now, in three years, um, well, now this is my fourth Christmas being at Hermnaz. We have not had trees on on the stage yeah, in correct. four years. Yeah, this will be the fourth year, uh, three years, I guess. Um, this tree is so tall that it doesn't even fit in the sh- the shot. Yeah, it's like 12, 13 feet tall. So real quick before we do our transition, um, you told me that this tree behind us has been around in your family for a while. <laughs> yep. And it hasn't actually been put up. It's been in storage for several years. Yeah, like, like nine years. Since you were in Arizona. Yep. That is crazy. Yep. And in, there were no spiders that well, were Well, there were remains of dead critters, dead dead spiders, which if they were alive, they would have killed you. So. It would have been really funny if a, like a, a squirrel would have jumped out. Well, or I was waiting for a rattler a to be, or something. be curled up because we, where we had this stored, we actually had rattlesnakes in the storage. <clears throat> so, But there wasn't one. I was kind of disappointed. Yeah, if there, was no, if there would have been a snake, I would have probably fell off the ladder. Yeah. Yeah, but there wasn't. So Yeah, it's been good. So we got five... five uh, stockings up here one for each staff member here at the church and yeah i kind of thought mine would be bigger i actually the place i bought these from they had like ginormous ones so i may have to since we're going to get something for the other wall i may <laughs> have to just pick one of no, those really the, these are these are fine these are great it's really cool because it's perfect. all you know it's uniform the trees and the yeah the you, like, trucks you like you like you like uniform i do you do well, we'll be right back. We're going to be talking about hopelessness in this time of Christmas season. Yeah, I mean, Christmas is all full of joy, but for a lot of people, it's not. This so, is a tough season for some people, so yeah. we're going to talk about that. We'll be right back on the Morning Burrito Podcast. Perfect.
right, we are back. So, hopelessness. Uh, I don't know if this is one of those podcasts where we can start with anything real funny because it's not really a funny subject. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I think we can because I I was full of hope every Christmas. Well, here you do that, and I'm going to take a okay. Take a so bite like, of my mega like, burrito. Like I'm full of hope every Christmas because I'm not sure. You're full really, of something. It's probably food. it's that burrito right now. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, but you know we are we anticipate a lot at Christmas and and typically as kids we anticipate what we the gifts under the tree and. And, you know, mom and dad leave and you try to like go through the closets and you're looking, you're anticipating, you're excited. Then you find them and then Christmas is ruined and parents find out about it. And then it's just then you're just all disappointed. So there goes your hope. right? Okay, so that leads me to an obvious question that everybody watching or listening is going to want to know about you. What was your favorite Christmas gift you ever got? Oh, that's easy. Um, uh, Well, it probably hurt somebody's feelings, but... um, (laughs) <laughs> no, it, it's a, so I don't know who made it, but it's like this, it's a remote control helicopter, but it's not really remote control. <laughs> it's like, it will only fly in a circle forward and backward. And those that are watching, you probably have seen these if you're like my age or close. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. See, you see, you even know, but in it, it had a cable that came out of the circle, you know, just out of range of the helicopter and you had your little, you know, control panel there and you're like hovering and forward back. We had a little hook underneath the helicopter and you're going around, you try to pick up the bad guy car and you know, it's just, it was awesome. Flew that thing. How old are you when you got that? Oh, probably 18, 19. <laughs> I don't know. How here's here's eighteen or nineteen year old Eric outside as a as a well, college kid playing with a helicopter. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, was, I, was, I was probably I don't know seven ish, seven six seven years old, um, probably. And uh, but I actually bought one for our kids for Christmas mm. so I could play with it. But I remember my dad bought uh, the little. You remember those little helicopters that were the all the rage. You know, probably 15, 20 years ago, the little remote control ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're like this big. Yep. Look like little crickets flying around. Yep. Um, he bought those, and man, that was his his favorite thing in the world. I think for me, when I was a little ki- younger kid, uh, my favorite gift, I would have said, would have been my bike that I got. I got one year, I got a brand new Huffy. Yeah. Red and white, beautiful bike. Mine was pure black. It was, it was awesome. It was a, like a cool Huffy. The next summer, I let it get stolen which you know it was my fault because i'm an idiot oh, um my dad got mad at me about that one um but my my favorite gift that i've ever gotten um my ever um was uh my dad and mom when i was probably a senior maybe a freshman in college somewhere in that vicinity my dad it was hand-me-down guitar but he gifted me at christmas an acoustic guitar i'd had an electric guitar and I was never really good at playing electric guitar and wasn't a rock and roll star. So, um, and I couldn't use it for worship leading. So my dad gifted me his guitar at Christmas and that was the best thing ever. I had an acoustic electric guitar that I could lead worship with and stuff. It was a big deal. So, um, cool. I still remember getting that, that guitar for Christmas. So, yeah, so I think we do have a lot of things to have hope when it comes to Christmas. I mean, just the season. I mean, I hope I don't get one of those fruitcakes. That's what I hope. Okay, so how do you, so this is an old joke, but how do you take fruit, which is good, cake, which is amazing, fruit cake, nasty crap? How does that, how does that happen? Like, how do you take I think you mix it with with toothpaste and you just let it harden. It's like, it's like you take all the garbage that's left over when you're making good stuff at Christmas 
like you know your Christmas cookies and whatever, and you just scrape all that crap you know and make happen? a log out of it. You know what's going to happen? We have somebody that listens, and somebody's going to get it for and, us for Christmas, and, and she's going to have her school class make. Ah, uh, Holly, cakes. don't do that. Don't, so, just don't saying, you dare. I should not have even brought this up because it's probably going to show up one day. She's probably so. laughing right now, thinking, "Oh, that's a really good idea." So, if you do, if anybody happens to like bring pasta or fruitcake, make sure it's filled with cherries. I love, I love, I love the cherries. So, anyway, Ew. so I think there's hope. But you know what? It, it is a time of year though where uh, hopelessness is something that's that is is huge amongst people. So today, if you're watching, uh, you may be filled with hope and excitement. Um, so maybe this isn't for you today, but maybe you know somebody who has really been struggling this year, and maybe even today, or maybe next week. Uh, and you just feel like, hey, you know what? There's somebody I can encourage with some hope. Um, it doesn't take much this season to really bring hope. Because um, this culture- is a season of joy. I mean, that's that's what Christmas, Advent time, it's it's a time of joy. I mean, how can you not be excited when you see a kid's face light up when they see Santa Claus or they, they, they see a snowman, get to build a snowman? Now, out here in the desert, we don't get to build snowmen very often. Um, we don't get that much snow usually. But... Um, but I mean, that's like for me with my two kids, my two girls, especially the younger one, because now she's gotten to the age where she understands the present thing. <laughs> she, it doesn't matter if a box comes, she thinks it's for her and it's for her to open. Like she's fully embraced the whole, the gifts are for me. I'm Presents telling you, dude, my 20 year olds still think the same thing. So <laughs> probably true. Uh, they might eat the fruitcake, by the way. They might. Um, but I wanted to share some statistics that came out um, from Harvard Youth. Uh, youth poll, uh, Harvard uh, University put this out, um, and this was last year or two years ago. Sorry, um, they polled two thousand five hundred and thirteen American teens and college students from eighteen to twenty nine. So, the demographic that listens to our show <laughs> for the most part, fifty one percent of young Americans said that at least several days in the previous two weeks they had felt down, depressed, or hopeless. So hopelessness, now we can say that was all related to the pandemic, but it really hasn't changed. And frankly, it was like that before. Maybe it right. increased during the pandemic, mm-hmm. but hopelessness has been a thing for young people for a while now, and it's only getting worse. It's not getting better. Yeah, and we, we as, a, as a church, you know, we always focus on other people. Uh, we adopt a family. Uh, we've, and this year we're adopting uh, our community, basically, with yep. with. Uh, not just homeless, but uh, for those that that need. Um, so, you socks know, and undies. Yeah. So as a church, we're we're always focused on on that too. Um, but the thing with hopelessness is we have to define it. Yeah. Because culture defines hopelessness as if I don't have it, then you know I'm I, I'm I'm hopeless. Well, um, it's funny you say that because I was just listening to a news story today, um, and they were talking about. Uh, can, you probably know Canada, you have family there. Canada euthanasia is allowed. And mm. there was a, um, I forget the fashion brand that is up there, but one of the fashion companies that's in Canada, they put out an ad highlighting euthanasia about this gr- this lady who has cancer or something or an illness and she wants to commit suicide and how there's hope in suicide. There's hope in dying. 
Yeah, such a such a mixed like message. we are. Everything is backwards. Yeah. completely. Like how how can you have hope when you're giving up? <laughs> like it, those two things don't go together. They're diametrically opposed from one another. You're you have no hope if you're giving up and yeah. giving up on life. Yeah. So so I think today what we want to do is we want to try to get to the point. I don't know if we'll get there or not, but try to get to the point to where. It's not just talking hopelessness because we we do really good talking hopelessness. Yeah. But really, what's some of the causes of it? Right. Um, what really is the cause? Because um, I talk to people and they what they want to know is how do I survive today? They could care less about how do I you know get everything I want on a Christmas list. Um, they they want to how, how am I going to get through this anxiety, this depression? How am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to pay my mortgage? How am I going to love my kids? Uh, the way that I, I should love my kids. Uh, how do I how do I just roll out of bed in the morning? Uh, why should I take a shower? It's been ten days. I mean, I'm still good, right? I mean, I mean that's I know we we, we laugh, but that's that's legitimate yeah. people that that we we hit that, and it seems to be this time of year. I mean, I've already talked to people that uh, are struggling because it it's 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 a holiday, but it's a holiday of memories, and it's yeah. a holiday of anniversaries, and it's a holiday of of, of past loves that are not with us. It's a holiday of past hurts that are still raging. And you put all that together underneath the Christmas tree. No wonder why the Christmas tree lights up, man. It, it it's kind of, it's, it is kind of hopeless underneath the Christmas tree. Uh, so if you think about it. So th- one of the things that I think a lot of Christians, um, they, they get very uncomfortable with the conversation of commercializing Christian, Christmas, like the the commercial aspect of Christmas and how, you know, it's it's about material things and Santa Claus is all about mm. bringing presents. I and like Santa Claus. I, I love Santa Claus. I mean, I know he's not real, but I love my wife. I don't love Santa Claus, but I mean, I love him just different. It's the you cur- open the door. I had to throw you. Yeah, there. I know. Okay. Um, <laughs> but the reality is Christmas has become that in a large margin. I mean, in America, we spend anywhere between four hundred and five hundred billion dollars a year on Christmas. Um, that's a lot of money to be spent on one holiday, um, and most of that is being spent on commercial, material things, right? But that's not the point of Christmas, and I think because we've allowed, particularly as the church, we've kind of bought into this a little bit, the 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 commercialization of the Christmas season. Um, it has it has shifted away from being a family um, holiday, a time for people to not feel alone. Now it's a time where people feel alone because they don't have presents under their tree or they don't yeah. get what they want. So I think that's one reason why people have hopelessness in this season is because of the loneliness that is happening here. They feel like they're by themselves. Yeah, and I think I think one thing that that helps us feel hopeless is. Back in the day, I mean, you put a date to whatever your back in the day is, but I remember growing up that my grandparents, they would be so mindful of people who don't have something uh, during the holiday season that they would go out of their way to to make sure they had a meal that they would deliver. I remember going shopping with my grandparents for um, not necessarily gifts for people, but uh, to, to show them that, hey, here's a, here's a poinsettia, okay? Uh, and they just drop it off. And, and, you know, as a, as a teenager, I'm thinking, oh, this is ridiculous. But, you know, now, <laughs> now that I'm where I am in life, I'm like, we don't, we don't see people doing that to, these days, caring for and looking out for people who are maybe down and who are 
facing. So so basically, I guess I'm trying to say is, is we don't think far enough ahead. There's no fore, foresight. There's no foreshadowing uh, going on of like, hey, there's there's darkness there. What can we do? And we just we don't do that in the church or not. Well, but, I, I think I think one thing that we do well as a society, for the most part, you know, we we think of like the angel tree at Christmas time. Thanksgiving dinners, Christmas dinners for people in the community, and those sorts of things happen. They happen in our town, that's for sure. Um, you know, Angel Tree being for kids that their parents are in prison, um, you know, trying to take care of those families. Um, but the thing is, I think we a lot of times forget those people that are lonely, those people mm-hmm. that they're not poor, they're not destitute in any way, um, they're not struggling for anything sure. physically, but they're f- struggling for stuff the, the, the emotional stuff, the, the mental health stuff. And a lot of times I think they just go unseen within the church community. Um, I mean, we, we ask our people all the time, they'll say, Hey, where's so-and-so been? Well, have you checked in on them? Yeah. Have you called them? Have you called them? I mean, and, the, and this is the time, I mean, if there's any time of the year where that needs to be done by particularly our church people, this is the time. If you have a thought, you know, I haven't seen so-and-so in a while, you need to call and check up on them. Find out where they are. Find out what they're doing. In fact, we had a, one of our church people call us today as we were decorating. They're doing that. Like, they were getting names so that they right. could do that, which was right. awesome to, to get that phone call. You know, but but it's also we don't look at the people that, okay, we might see that they're the, the ones that are obviously maybe going to be hurting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't. We do have a hard time seeing that. But we, what we have a harder time seeing is the person that's struggling with suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. um, somebody who's really struggling with darkness in their life, not because of sin, just life. I mean, sometimes life just, you know, poos all over you, and you just, I know I just said that. I'm sorry, honey. It's, tr- it's true. I mean, life <clears throat> it, does. It is, but but we have a hard time seeing that because we, we hey, how are you today? I'm just fine. Well, and we're not truthful. We were, we were not, when God created human beings, he did not create us with the intent of having hopelessness be a part of the equation. God did not want us to have hopelessness. Correct. Um, but the reality is because of sin, because of the brokenness that exists in our world right now, um, hopelessness and and really just just uh, crud, if you want to call it that, the, the suffering that comes along with life, that's just a fact of life. And people think that I think part of our problem as a society, particularly in the West, because we have so much and we're so abundant in things that we we forget that suffering is a part of life. It's a natural part of life and that you're not there's nothing wrong with you if you're suffering through something like that's that's normal. It's it's part of it's part of the human condition. We suffer. Um, Jesus repeated that multiple times. The the disciples throughout the entire New Testament tell us that there is suffering. If you look at the 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 Jews, you look at the nation of Israel. They suffered a lot for a long yeah. period of time, multiple times mm-hmm. in their their history. So um, that's just a part of life, and that's not to say that's not to diminish it and to say it's bad. Like like you shouldn't feel bad or it won't hurt. It's going to hurt. That's but see, that's that's where we have to define what hopelessness is. Because you just did a great job, you know, talking about suffering. Suffering is not hopelessness. Well, suffering causes hopelessness for a lot of people. Fair? Uh, yeah, probably fair. I mean, especially... But in, it's not hopelessness. Especially in the West. We, we... When we suffer, whether it's mentally suffering, whether it's physical suffering, you know, from an illness or from, uh, you know, being homeless or being without money or whatever the case is, um, or being 
feeling suffering because a loved one passes away or is yeah. is also suffering like that's true and that causes it does cause hopelessness but that's because our mindset i think is off yeah i don't think hopelessness is is actually a a biblical word uh, hope is biblical right right suffering is biblical uh hopelessness is man um We've we've labeled it. We're we're really good at labeling. And I don't know if you're watching today. You're like, well, I don't label anything. Um, I just challenge you. Think of people and uh, and how do you think of them? How do you view them? And if you're viewing them in a in a different light other than God's creation, then you've 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 placed a label. And the label could be sinner, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. Christians we're good at that. Uh, or it could yeah. be a down and out uh, loser. It could be they never do anything for themselves. Whiner. I mean, maybe I'm. Maybe you got people coming to your mind now as as I give you a short list. But um, but hope. Bible is full of hope, and and we have to hang on to that. But we have to we have to understand and realize that there there is there is hopelessness in our world. So so you you've said this a couple times. We need to define hopeless mm-hmm. hopelessness, or what does it mean to be hopeless? So, Pastor Eric, thirty plus years in ministry, what is hopelessness? Uh, hopelessness is the removal of God. So, so if that's the case, then can you be truly hopeless if you are a believer? Um, we want to okay. The the <laughs> church answer is well, yeah, because we suffer and we struggle. The theological answer is no, you can't. Mm. No, you can't, because everything that Scripture tells us is that he, Christ is our hope. You know, He tells us rest in Him; He'll restore your hope. Right? He doesn't say He'll take away your suffering. He's going to restore your hope. So you can't be hopeless. Mm. I mean, He's always the He's always the end. Right. He, he, he's always the means of what we're what we're striving for. Uh, Romans, hey, I, this is a verse I want to start and end with today, but it's Romans 12, 12. It says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be consistent in prayer. Um, that That is so full of hope, but there's things that we have to do uh, in order to remain that way. And, and, and so, I don't know, I mean, this Christmas, um, you know, think about that. How, how can you be somebody's um, relief when they're in tribulation, which is a hard time, a dark time. How can you do that? We have people today in in our church uh, this week that have, have lost loved ones recently, a year ago. I mean, this is an anniversary date for some. Um, how, do you, how do you minister to them, right? How do you do that as a, as a, a Christian? But more so, how do you take care of the one that's at the street corner who's panhandling and you're really ticked off because your taxes are supporting them with, with everything else that, you know, that they get through the government. And here you are, you know, thinking, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to help them when really you don't know the person at all. You don't know their, their needs. And, and so there's a label, right? right? So how can you really look and go, I could be the answer to that person's darkness, right? Their tribulation, their hard time. Um, the other thing is this whole idea of be, being consistent. You have to be consistent uh, in what you're in what you're doing. Uh, you know, the word is is constant. Um, be constant in it, not just at Christmas. Uh, one thing as a youth pastor, uh, going to uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Those are, that's the that's the you know bookends to uh, giving hope. Um, we're good as a youth ministry, and not yours, but mine. Uh, 
we're good at, at serving there all the way through Christmas in a church the same way, Christianity the same way, the bell ringers come out during those times. We're really good at focusing on the hope. But where are we the other 11 and a half months, mm-hmm. right? And uh, that's a long time. 11 and a half months is a long time for darkness. Um just kind of creep in and we need to just bring light to it. So I don't know, maybe today I'm just, I'm just saying uh, hopelessness is a, is a, is a legit deal. And, um, you have, to, you have to do some things to keep your mind focused on things, things above. So see Hebrews 12 too. Yep. So you had said it earlier at the beginning that, uh, you know, somebody who's watching this may not be somebody who struggles with the hopelessness, but maybe somebody who, likely knows somebody struggling with mm-hmm. hopeless thoughts and feelings. Um, but, but again, there might be somebody who tunes in and watches this or listens to this podcast who is struggling with hopelessness. Um, we talked, we talked a lot throughout the past 20 minutes or so, um, about some of the causes that we see for hopelessness. Um, we haven't been super, super specific, I don't think, but um, let's let's get down to some specifics because I think it's yep. important to define the causes of hopelessness. What what are some of the sufferings mm-hmm. that we go through that can uh, contribute to that? Because that might help somebody identify. Well, maybe that's what I'm struggling with, and then we can come to a solution at the you know as we come to the end. So, okay, what so are some, you, what are some of the things that cause hopelessness? So you use the a great word. That's a great segue into this. You use the word identify. Um, I think our identity brings a lot of hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, our culture today, we have no idea who we are. We don't know if we're male, female, some other creature. Furry. You know, furry. <laughs> yeah, I just I learned that. I could be Dra- a furry. I, I mean, I, I, I learned that there are people who think they're dragons. I mean, it's it. Uh, yeah. the world is a crazy place. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's the it's our identity. Um, our, our identity is is under attack. And if and if we're if we're blind to the idea that the devil is attacking this generation's identity, then, then we are, we are blind. Um, and I don't even mean just spiritually blind. We are culturally blind if we can't see what, what it's going on. Um, so identity I think is, is, is one that's that, that, well, and we, and we, and we particularly see the identity part. I mean, at least for me as a youth pastor, I see that with students and young, young, younger people more than older people. Um, I mean, there's a reason why, 20% 20% of the population between high school and college age identify as LGBTQ, AAIP. Mm-hmm. I don't even know all the, the acronyms. Now. A to Z. <laughs> um, 20%. As compared to people 50 and over, it's it's like below three. So, I mean, to have that kind of an increase from, what, three generations, like that's... That's that's nuts. Well, okay, but see, now we because that means there's an identity issue going yeah. on. We didn't, but so we just stepped away from being like bullet targeted. Um, where's that come from? Where do the numbers come from? They come from parents that are saying you're you're a boy when they're really a girl. Well, maybe so, right? but but culture is doing that too. I mean, it's 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 the school systems. It's the it's the TikTok videos and YouTube videos and anime. And I mean, we, there's a lot of contributing factors to this, but I, I was pointing that out in only to say that identity, particularly for our younger generation, Gen Z and, and the millennial generation, particularly 
it has become a very difficult thing. They cannot, they do not know who they are. They do not know where they come from. And frankly, in many cases, don't care where they came from. Yeah. They want to forge their own identity and be their own person. But I'm not willing to let the church off the hook of that, off that list because sure. Christians uh, also are confused on that and don't and don't voice so we contribute to the hopelessness sure yeah um and you know and i mean i'm just i mean i mean you look at the you look at the church big c right the 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 whole church all denominations um and there is there's a lot of confusion about what we believe on these sorts of issues particularly when we talk about identity when yeah. when as, as the church there is only one identity that matters mm-hmm. child of god that's it. Like nothing else matters. That's what Paul says. You are neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. Like it's you're a believer in Christ. You are a child of the king. That is all that matters. And yet we even in the church we have this hard time and again as you said, we contribute to this identity crisis which causes hopelessness because we're not reinforcing that one simple most important truth. Yep. You know, and, and and I think if we if we went down that continued on that path, you know, you've got you've got cutting um, and that's yeah. not just a teenage thing. I mean, there's no. 30, 40 year olds that are doing that. And maybe there's senior adults. I don't, I don't know that, I guess. I don't know if I know of a senior adult that has a cutting issue, but, um, um, you know, so, so there, there's, there's that, that plays into the suicidal thing. Everybody wants to blame it on mental health. It's not mental health. Um, maybe there's part of it, sure. but, but let's just really look at the, the, why there's hopelessness It's the lack of spiritualness. Well, and, and suicidality has increased, enormously in the last 20 or 30 years. I mean, it's, it's the numbers of suicides each year has gone up every single year. And that's, that, that's not, there's, there's, it's not a coincidence that, that, that hope we see hopelessness rising and suicide is rising right alongside of it. Like, yeah, I I think that they go together. Fear is a, fear is a, a, another, another deal. Oh yeah. Fear that, that I just think adds to this idea of being hopeless. And there's a lot of things to be a, Quote, unquote, of afraid of these I mean, days. it could be finances. It could be health. I mean, we're past the whole, you know, last three years. But fear is fear is real. If you're if you're fearful, it's it's legit. It's real. Um, yeah, I mean, people dealing with the flu now and and having the same sorts of fears brought back up of COVID. Yeah, because the flu has been bad this year. Yeah, I mean, just the fear of. Uh, do I have to buy an electric car or can I keep my gas car? I mean, <laughs> or, or can I, especially here in Oregon, can I, can I keep my firearms? Am I going to be able to buy firearms? Yeah, I mean, can like, you even buy a firearm? You know, all of those things right. are, are, are legitimately af- people are afraid. Yeah. Cause there's this right now with the firearms, like there's like this mass deal of everybody buy before December 8th. There's this really popular store again. I don't remember the name of it. I should have looked this up, but um, there's a store in Portland that closed their doors they're only online now. They were a big business in downtown Portland, and they shut their doors because they get bro- they've bro- been broken into so many times. Yeah. Now, granted, this is not necessarily hopelessness, so maybe this is completely off topic, but it's this kind of stuff, the fear that drives. I, I can't even keep my business, my storefront business open anymore because I'm going to be broken into. Yeah. It causes fear and tension and, and anxiety for people and depression. But there's even fear when it comes to um, grant from grandparents to their to their you know grandkids um, sure. who are are having babies. I mean, fearful of why would you want to raise a child, a brand new baby in this in this world in this culture? 
I mean, that's a legitimate fear for adults and, and senior adults. Well, for the first time in history, this, this study came out just recently, Americans and Western Europeans are below replacement level in having children. Like the population is going to start going in the opposite direction. And we just we just passed. I think we talked about this last week. Eight billion people for the first time, like the biggest amount of people in the world. But while, you know, China and Africa and these other places are having lots of babies, the Americans and Western Europeans are not having babies. We're having less babies. And I've heard young people say, um, you know, I don't, I, I'm, I'm afraid of climate change, so I'm not going to have a kid. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. Or I'm afraid of so inflation, it's, it's so I'm not going to have a kid. Yep, yep, it's real. You know, so so I think we have we have fear. Fear plays a factor. I love that show, Fear Factor. I mean, that was, yeah. Anyway, that's a rabbit trail. Um, <laughs> um, Joe Rogan. So I don't know if you're watching today. You know, you you probably this is a huge topic: hopelessness. Um, how much time we got left? Where are we at? Uh, about ten minutes. So, you know, uh, I think another thing on fear or on on hopelessness that that really plays a part is um our our idea of um action um we don't know how to maneuver through darkness we don't know how to to act in order to pull our our hearts and our minds and our thoughts to think of the things of the lord um as a culture because i mean our culture we've moved so far away from god um, and, and it seems like we move further away from God every day uh, when you hear things. Um, we don't know how to act anymore. Yeah. Uh, we don't know how to maneuver our lives. Uh, I had a lady in church one day, you know, she's like, Pastor, I don't like it when you use that word maneuver. How do you maneuver people? It just sounds like a, sounds like a, a business. Like, uh, well, the kingdom of God and evangelism and winning souls for Christ is a is a business. I mean, it is it is a deal that you have to maneuver people. You have to you have to help us get from point A to point B. I mean, pick another word, but it really is maneuvering before God. You know, the Bible talks about um, uh, you know uh, your posturing before God. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we don't know how to posture before God anymore, and and so that's that's something that I think contributes huge to to hopelessness. Um, okay, so we have. We've talked through some of the things, and of course, we probably missed some things. We missed a cause, lot that causes hopelessness in people. But I ain't talking too much um, today. It's that burrito. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about in these last ten minutes or so. Um, it's always gonna be ten minutes. No, it really is. Like I checked the, oh. the timer. Um, I was trying to count when I looked at the recording <laughs> time. Uh, so in these last few minutes, let's let's talk about the solution to hopelessness because um here at Hermnaz in the advent season last sunday uh, we started a new series called hope has a name and obviously <laughs> this sounds really really simplistic thought but hopelessness is cured by hope you mm-hmm. have to have hope to not have hopelessness yep. so uh, obviously i mean it just makes sense so so how do how do you know, the, the individual Christians, um, whether it's in their own life or whether it's in the life of somebody in their, in their, their orbit, in their circle, um, how do they help people to have hope this season? What are some of the, the actionable steps, let's say, to, to help people have hope in this Advent Christmas season? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, it, it, it comes down to what are you investing in? Um, because it does take an investment. 
every gift you put underneath a tree in a stocking in a red bell ringer ringer's kettle that's an investment so what are you going to invest and sometimes honestly you have to just invest in your own self um your own spiritual life and uh, and not worry about how everybody else is celebrating and for some today maybe you're watching or you know somebody that they just need some self-care and uh and they're there's nothing wrong with that. Um, take that. Um, scripture says this. So let's just go there. I'll end the scripture. Matthew 11 says this: "Is come to me, uh, all of you who are are, are just are just heavy. Uh, just come to me. And when you come to me, see, there's the action. You got to act, right? You got to come to Christ. Um, and He says, um, "There I am. <laughs> I, I will give you the rest. Yep. I will. In other words, rest there is is just that. I will give you the calm in your life. It may not always be easy." You still have consequences in situations. You still got bills to pay, you know, but I'm going to give you a calm. Um, Isaiah 40, it says, for those who wait on the Lord, uh, their strength is going to be renewed. Um, so there again, you have to wait on the Lord. You can't just come to Christmas and suck down a candy cane and, uh, and, and you know, throw something underneath a tree or go sip, you know, hot cider and cocoa at, a, at the company business party. Uh, you got to You got to come to the Lord. You got to, you got to, you got to wait. Um, and then we have to remember, uh, Luke, Luke, uh, what is it? Luke 11 or Luke one thirty seven. it says nothing is impossible with God. And we forget yeah. that. We really do forget that. I mean, the year is a, it, it's a long year. Uh, lots of things happen. Lots of things, uh, come up, but we have to remember nothing is impossible. So whatever we're facing this Christmas season, nothing is impossible. Uh, hope does have a name. And, and, it, and it's Jesus. Yep. And, and so that's there. We just gave away the whole theme, right? To, to this, this whole thing. <laughs> it's a pretty simple um, theme. <laughs> it is. Uh, so just a couple more verses. Second Corinthians 12, nine, uh, you know, it, my grace is sufficient for you. It, it, it is for you. Uh, God's grace for, for pastor Michael is different than God's grace for pastor Eric. Uh, it, it's, it's grace is grace, but God knows the grace that I need today, right? right. He knows the grace right. that you need today. He's not going to give you grace for 2023. He's going to give you grace for the moment. And, uh, and we, we lose sight of that because we want, we want everything, right? We, want it, we live in the now society. And, uh, and God's like, grace isn't, is, you don't get an advancement like you can your paycheck, right? Uh, <laughs> you, you, you can't, I wish, I, I, that's what we need. We need advancements in our paychecks. Anyway, um, so, so we don't. So you have to understand and remember that nothing's impossible and that God's grace is sufficient for you. And then, and then just ending with what I started with, rejoice in hope. You have to rejoice in the hope because um, if you lose sight of hope at Christmas, that's like what sets the whole year off. I yeah, mean, and, and, and I, would, I would remind you there's a passage in Romans that talks about uh, suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. That's James. That's James. Mm -hmm. Not my fault. Um, I think that's an important point for us to remember as we close here. Um, yes, suffering stinks, and nobody wants to suffer. Um, going even further than that, God does not want us to suffer. That is not God's desire. That doesn't make His heart happy. He 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 endures the suffering with us. I mean, He went through the most suffering that any single person could ever go through. Jesus endured lots and lots of suffering. But having said that, suffering does actually produce good if we allow the Holy Spirit to do so. 
um, that perseverance, you know, it makes you be able to, to, to endure more suffering the next time. Like you'll be able yeah. to, to Ooh, handle that's more of it, which is, I mean, it seems like oh, man, that's awful, but then pers- that perseverance develops character because you're able to go through these sufferings with a, a confidence in your, in your, in, in that you're going to get through it because you've been through it before. So yeah, because you're remembering back to the last the, time the path you just have been on right. right and then and then it finalizes with that hope and that hope is that i know and i am confident that god is going to bring me through this trial just like he brought me through the one before yep. it and the one that came before that and the one that came before that because again the trials are going to come i mean mm-hmm. that's we're preaching here but that's that is the truth the trials are going to come in life and in this christmas season if there's anything that you can do i would say it's just simply encourage and let them know that everything there is a season for everything as ecclesiastes says it's not forever yeah suffering is not forever so so you say we're preaching what i hope we're doing is we're giving you enough scripture today and maybe you can pick something out of what we just said that you can use i mean it's not copywritten we're not you know we're not going to bill you you don't need to ask permission right (laughs) just just use it well i might and and encourage i could use the extra you could encourage somebody with this. First Peter five, seven, cast all your anxieties on him. And this is what happens. Um, or, or here's why it says, because he cares for you. Yeah. And, and we need to just pass that message on. I believe this, this Christmas season. Um, so my, my, my three takeaways, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation and be consistent in your prayer life. And, uh, you will find hope beyond measure. So, yeah. Well, hey, uh, we had we had just we are so excited about Christmas season. Um, Advent is my favorite time of the year. I hope you're listening to Christmas music already. I hope uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra is just blaring in your house or Mannheim Steamroller or whatever. Um, And uh, I hope the trimmings are coming along for your for your home. I know you guys are going to be putting up your tree this week. So we already got ours up. So we're, we're ahead of the game. Yep. Although my my daughter, my two daughters, and my wife have been listening to Christmas music since Halloween. So, <laughs> hey, everybody, their own. You know, <laughs> they love Christmas music. Um, but then again, my family's weird. We listen and watch Christmas movies all year long. Elf, Elf, and other Christmas movies will be on it in July or June or you know whenever it doesn't matter they they watch they watch christmas movies but we hope if we uh if we don't get to have you part of the show um you know a bunch this christmas season because you're traveling and things just know that we appreciate you listening or watching and being a part of this and uh again we've been asking the last couple weeks we want to just reiterate it put in the comments um (laughs) if you want this time to move uh we'll probably if we were going to do it it'd be the new year i would think that we'll make that change um we might might do it ahead of time. I don't know. We'll see. How about show one hundred? Show one hundred, maybe. We are getting close. It's got to be close. We are getting close. We're in the eighties right now, so oh, we got close. a ways to go. Then okay. we got a, we got a few weeks. Yeah, maybe January one. <laughs> um, but uh, if you would like us to move back to our old time, it was ten o'clock on Tuesdays, I believe. Um, yep. We can go back to being an actual morning burrito show. Yeah, it'd be awesome. <laughs> Awesome. But uh, but have a great Christmas season. We uh, appreciate you, and we are very excited to to bring you this podcast and almost every week. Uh, as far as Herm Naz goes, we have one service for Christmas. Yep, um, that's Christmas Eve at four o'clock. Um, Christmas Eve. That's our one worship one event. It's uh, a big. It's for a, the weekend. It's going to be so. a really fun 
I can just tell you some of the things we've already begun to plan for that no, service. No, don't. No, I'm not going to tell them. This, oh. I'm just saying the things we're already planning. Well, we will say this much. It might be the most fun we've had on a Christmas Eve since I've been here for sure. We're having a birthday party is yeah. what we're having. So For, for a particular person with, yeah. with I mean, a name. Special that, guest. You know, kind you of could deal. also call his name Hope. I mean, that yeah, you could. Because Hope has a, a name. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So Christmas Eve, 4 o'clock. Do not be late. And we are not live streaming the service. Yeah. So this is an in-person only event to come and worship together as a church family and as a community. So uh, if you can't be here in person, um, we're sorry, but that's that's what we're that's how we're working it this year. So it's it's live in person, uh, four o'clock Christmas Eve, and then Sunday morning, Christmas Sunday morning, um, we want you to celebrate Jesus with your families in your jammies, drinking hot cocoa, eating cinnamon rolls, and uh, and just remember that that's the morning to be with family as we welcome Christ into your homes and into your lives. And, uh, and then we, we just pick up celebrating for the new year. So yeah, there you have it. It's going to be a great time. Have a great Christmas season.